Welcome to 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Rashad Phillips, and today I have an exciting episode for you to tune into. Before we get started, this is brought to you by Sherlon Champagne, the drink of champions. Now, why am I excited? Why am I so hyped? You should be hyped too. It's my favorite time of year. It's it's, it's NBA draft prospect evaluation time. But what makes this episode so sweet is that I'm going to do something that I've never shared with anybody before. And I'm going to let you into the secrets and how I scout and how I evaluate players using my 12 metric positions dictionary. Now, if you're familiar with me already, you understand how this is going. But there's a few new listeners that I got to break this down for. So the reason I did this 12 position manual that I've been doing for over 10 years now, and I'm finally bringing it to the forefront, is that because of the draft, I, I've seen so many kids over the years uh, are that are misevaluated, that are misdiagnosed and shoved into slots that they don't fit because there's only five NBA slots in basketball overall, high school, college, NBA. Too many kids are being shoved into the the point guard role when they're not point guards, shoved into the small forward role when they're not small forwards, shoved into the shooting guard role when they're not shooting guards, and eventually they lose out on draft status, uh, recruitment, uh, money, I mean, all the above. I mean, there's notable names that this has happened to, um, to some degree. You, You look at the draft when Steph Curry was coming out. Steph Curry should have been easily a top three pick, but they didn't know what he was. They didn't know how to slot him. What is he? Is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? No, I don't know. We don't know. So he slid in the draft. You can use his teammate, Draymond Green. They didn't really know what Draymond was. So they they, they called him a power forward. Well, he's not really that. Is he a small forward? He's not really that. Well, is he, the, is he a shooting guard? He's not really that. So he slid and went second in the draft. So this is the reason why I started to create my positions metric for days like this so we can help the entire world of basketball learn how to evaluate players the right way. So today, I'm going to give you the prospects that are upcoming in this draft. But what I'm going to do different than anybody you'll ever see is that I'm going to slot these prospects in these 12 positions properly so you at home can understand what the prospects truly are as position skilled players and also for GMs for scouts for teams to understand where these kids and who they are without misdiagnosing them which will make your drafting much easier than it has for years to come so let's get started I'm going to break down my 12 positions manual Really quick, before we get into the players, let's get into it. So when you look at the traditional positions in today's game, it's broken down to into only five slots, right? Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Okay. 
but the game has a, has evolved where players like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, those guys don't even fit those five slots no more. And then you have, with those players, you have shades of other players that are coming up under them in the game of basketball that's following their trends that don't fit the five positions. So that's why I was able to create seven additional positions to go along with those five, given a total of 12. So we're able to slot basketball players properly, especially when it comes to drafting prospects. So I do it in like trees, okay? Like a tree of three. I have a guard tree, I have a wing tree, and I have a post tree, okay? The guard tree goes with TG, traditional guard, PG, point guard, CG, combo guard, HG, hybrid guard. That's the guard tree. Let's go over to the wing tree. Shooting guard, SG, small forward, SF, dual forward, DF. Now let's go over to the post tree. PF, power forward, HP, hybrid post, SB, stretch big, center, C, point center, PC. So there's all 12 positions divided up into three trees. Let's start with TG, traditional guard. This is the ultimate table setter type of player. They go above and beyond to make their teammates happy. That's what makes them traditional. One of the first kind that started way back in the 50s and 60s where players were just really trying to get everybody else involved. But that style of player is still alive and well in today's game. Now, let's go over to the point guard. This player has the perfect blend of scoring, passing, vision. They do a little bit of everything depending on the situation of the game. Let's talk about combo guard. The combo guard is a little bit of a, a, a player that is a mix between a point guard and a shooting guard. They can initiate offense um, when they have to. They can be secondary ball handlers or first or, or, or be first in the offense, depending on the, the personnel that they have around them. So combo guard has been around for a long time. And this year's draft, there's a lot of combo guard. So I'm excited to talk about prospects in that department. Hybrid guard, one of, one of the newer terms out there. The hybrid guard, uh, one word to describe a hybrid guard is disruptor. They're, they're a little bit of everything. They're a little bit of point guard. They're a little bit of shooting guard. They're a little bit of combo guard. They're kind of a mix of all of them. They're game plan disruptors. They're like the king cobras of the basketball court. They're very lethal, they're dangerous, and if you get one of those on your team, um, those are the type of players that can really mess up the game plan for the, the opposite uh, opposite team. So if there's only two hybrid guards in this draft, and I'm gonna give you both of those guys going forward. Let's go over to the wing tree and start with shooting guard. Shooting guard is just the, the off-ball number one option, a player that's looking to put the ball in the basket at all costs. Uh, they're terrific offensive players. Um, they can score in, in a lot of different uh, ways. Um, Three-pointers, fadeaways, a little bit off the dribble. They, they do a little bit of everything off the ball. Um, small forward, uh, they have a little bit more off uh, offensive rebound and defensive rebound and responsibilities. 
they're like a bigger shooting guard. But again, they're look to defend a little more. They're look to be a little bit more physical than a shooting guard. So um, this year's draft, um, there's some exciting small forwards that I'll be highlighting in that slot. Um, dual forward, uh, one of my favorite positions, um, the DF. This is the, the the engine to an offense. This is the the offensive initiator. This is a player that that can do a little bit of everything. That has maybe some point guard responsibilities or point guard type of skill set, but they still do it from the wing standpoint of things because of their size. So this is one of my favorite positions, and this year's top pick may fit in that category of dual forward. We'll get into that later. Let's go into the post tree. Power forward is your typical back to the basket score, um, old fashioned guys that you throw it down in the paint and they can get you a bucket. Not much to say there. Um, the next position, the hybrid post HP. Now these players are the, the versatile bigs, guys that can switch out on, on multiple offensive players. Um, they're, they're, they're defensive anchors. They have great athletic ability. So th these type of players are kind of the new evolution of the big that we're seeing uh, take over the NBA. Um, stretch big, I mean, that, that name kind of speaks for itself, SB. This is a big that um, usually likes to hang around the, the, the third level and knock down shots. Yes, they have some ability to play with their back to the basket, but they prefer to really play face-up basketball and, and take outside jump shots. That's the stretch big. Center, we all know what that is. It's just a traditional big that, that plays uh, physicality, physical type of basketball with his back to the basket, uh, look, looking to score, um, rebounds the ball, um, doesn't have a lot of responsibility, but, but they're very important. Last but not least, the point center is basically a player in the post that initiates pretty much 90% of all of your offense like a Jokic does for Denver. But unfortunately, in this year's draft, there isn't any point centers. So I won't be able to highlight any of those kids this year because we don't have any. That just shows you how rare um, that position slot is. So with that all being said, let's get into the fun stuff and break down these players in each of the 12 slots. The first slot that we're gonna start with today is traditional guard. So here's my top traditional guards that are in the draft so far. I have Josh Giddy at number one. At number two, we have Jason Preston from Ohio. At number three, we have Ja'Cory McLaughlin from UCSB. Number four, we have Deshaun Nicks. Now, let's start with number one. Josh Giddy's from Australia. This kid is, is fantastic. He Again, he goes above and beyond to make his surroundings better. He, he delivers the ball on time. He can score a little bit. But again, he plays the traditional way of, of being the primary offensive initiator. So a lot of people have been giving him, you know, the, the first round grade, which I agree with. And I look at him being drafted somewhere around 15. I, I look at the Washington Wizards as an intriguing team for Josh Giddy because obviously Westbrook is there, a hybrid guard. They have Cassius Winston, um, who is a point guard. But I, I, I really like 
Josh Giddy, a kid that you can kind of help nurture through the process and really be a, a, a solid player. Let's go with number two um, on my board here for traditional guard. Jason Preston is a kid that I've been so impressed with from day one. Um, I made a, a thread about him uh, when I watched him against Illinois last year, and he was just fantastic. And then if you know that Illinois backcourt, uh, one of the most brutal backcourts in the country as far as the defensive assignments and how they play and get after you. Jason Preston just had his way with Illinois and he was able to beat them with his vision, um, his his playmaking ability, his IQ. He's a kid that for me reminds me a lot of, of Tyrese Halliburton who was a lottery pick last year. Jason has a lot of those type of characteristics. He's a better athlete than what people give him. I believe he clocked a 40 inch vertical or somewhere close to that in the combine. He's been terrific at the combine. Uh, numerous NBA scouts have called me and said like this kid can really play. I look at him as being a value second round pick. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can use him in the second round. Um, I, I like this kid trajectory. He has a fantastic story. He's an unbelievable kid. So I, I really loved uh, what Jason Preston um, will bring to the table for an NBA franchise. Um, my number three guy, Ja'Cory, um, UCSB, uh, a, a fantastic initiator, plays the game the right way, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. One of those kids, again, that you can get later on in the second round and, and allow him to just grow under one of your veteran guards and just learn the game. But uh, I like this kid. He's had some impressive workouts thus far. And uh, I look for him to be putting on the NBA jersey. Um, Deshaun Nix is an is a interesting kid, was in the G League. He's completely transformed his body. Um, he looks great. Um, I like this kid going forward. I love his vision. I, I love how he throws guys open. And um, for the traditional guard, these four guys here, um, NBA teams, you have something to really pick through here in the TG section. The next position I want to talk about is point guard. Yes, I'm excited to talk about this one. Here's my, my top five um, point guards. I have Sharif Cooper at number one from Auburn, Marcus Zagrowski, Creighton, number two, number three, Miles McBride, um, West Virginia, number four, McKinley Wright, Colorado, and number five, Dejan Giroux from Houston. So. I've got a lot of questions about Sharif Cooper. So it's time for me to talk about. I really like this kid a lot. Um, he reminds me a lot of Tyler Eulis when Tyler Eulis was at Kentucky. Just his ability to make everybody around him elevate. Uh, the, the passing, his ability to score, the quickness, the ball screen reads the vision of, of, of throwing guys open. Sharif Cooper does a little bit of everything. He's a wizard with the ball. He's always been a winner from his high school days. He just kind of carries that magnetism. That's what Sharif Cooper has. And there's there's rumors that he's grown a little bit. He could be 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Doesn't really matter for me. I just love his skill set and what he brings to the table. Now, when we're looking at the draft, 
what teams need Sharif Cooper? I can give you a few teams that can that need Sharif Cooper right now. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I believe Philly has like a, a, a late pick somewhere in the 20s. Philly needs to move up and try to get Sharif Cooper. I believe Sharif Cooper brings something to that Philadelphia 76er locker room that they have never had um, over the past seven or eight years. Sharif gives them stability. He gives them a leader. He gives them a ball handler, a guy that can take pressure off of Joel Embiid and make life easier. That's what Sharif Cooper brings to the table. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I do anything that I can to move up for Sharif Cooper. If I'm the Lakers at 22, I try to go for Sharif Cooper as well. The Lakers need point guard play. I don't know what they're going to do with Dennis Schroeder, but Sharif Cooper is the safe pick for your franchise because he's a leader. Imagine bringing a kid like that off the bench for your second unit and, and sometimes staggering him with the first unit because he has that type of aura that he, he can play on the big stage. So Sharif Cooper, really excited to see where he lands. I want to talk about the number three guy on my point guard list, and that's that's Miles McBride. Um, this kid is, is kind of flying under the radar a little bit, but I, I love what he is. He, he He's fast, he, he defends people. Anytime you sign to go to West Virginia, you know you're going there to play defense, right? Miles McBride did an excellent job of, of getting after guys, keeping that up-tempo style for Coach Huggins. And I believe that translates to the NBA level. Miles McBride is a winner. He won tons of games. I think he has three state titles in high school, if I'm not mistaken, two or three. But winning follows him. I see him as a value second-round pick. Um, teams, the Milwaukee Bucks, you guys have the first pick of the second round. Miles McBride is a kid that I, I I would I would use there. I just think that he has some winning qualities about him. Now my next slot may be the deepest in the draft, and that's the combo guard. So let me give you my top ten combo guards. Number one, Jalen Suggs. Number two, Davion Mitchell Baylor. Three, Jared Butler Baylor. Four, James Booknight UConn. Five Bones Highland VCU, six Trey Man Florida, seven IU DeSumo Illinois, eight Jaden Springer, nine Tyson Etienne from Wichita State, and ten Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. So this is a exciting combo guard class. I mean, I looking at these names man i'm just like going crazy i've been watching film on all of these kids and and just following them as the as the year progress so jalen suggs is the number one combo guard i've gotten tons of questions about him you know rashad is he a point guard i i don't think he's a point guard I believe he's a combo guard i've said this time and time again but he's the best combo guard in the draft so that has something to say about why I have him slotted there. He does a little bit of everything. He's off ball a little bit. He has the ball in his hands. He's a former football player. So I, I, I like his toughness. I like his makeup. I just want Jalen Suggs to stay healthy. Kid, if you're listening, please stay healthy because when you're healthy, you're so good. Nobody can stop you. So where does he land, right? Where, where does Jalen Suggs land? Man, I, I would really like to see him 
I'm going fourth to the Raptors. I like that. But I don't know Houston at number two. They're in a, 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 a really a good spot. They have a lot of players to choose from from that number two uh, positioning. But I, I like Jalen Suggs going to the Raptors. I believe Kyle Lowry will end up moving on maybe to the Lakers. I'm a huge Kyle Lowry fan. Um, I think Kyle Lowry can either go to the Lakers or Philadelphia because they, they need uh, a veteran point guard. So maybe if Lowry is moved, Jalen Suggs goes into the combo slot um, at Toronto and, and he plays with Fred Van Vliet, uh, another one of my uh, favorite kids that I've loved watching play. So I see Suggs going fourth to the Raptors. We'll see how that plays out. Davion Mitchell is just remarkable. Uh, probably the best two-way player in the draft. Um, he, he has a, a Marcus Smart type of feel about him with offense, a, a better offensive player than Marcus Smart. There's no slight there, but but Davion Mitchell, he was measured around six foot six one, but his size doesn't matter to me because when you watch Davion Mitchell on tape, he plays a lot bigger than what he's measured and he gets after guys. So I, I think Davion Mitchell could go anywhere from from eight uh to 12 there's a, there's teams in that in that range that could really use what he brings to the table um jared butler another kid that i love a shot maker i want you to get healthy son because you're such a terrific kid and i love watching you play you're such a shot maker you have a little kimball walker in your game remember i told you that a couple months ago um Get, get healthy, get well. We're praying for you and hopefully everything goes well so we can watch you perform on the biggest stage, Jared Butler. So, man, I, I can talk about combo guards in this draft all day long. Um, James Booknight, UConn, man, this kid is a, a fantastic one-on-one -on -one wiggle score. The NBA is all about one-on-one -on -one scoring and, and, and James Booknight is one of the best one-on-one -on -one players. He's a fantastic athlete. I can see this kid going from, I like, I like the Wizards, but I, I think the Memphis Grizzlies should really look at James Booknight because John Morant needs another player that can put the ball in the basket to take some pressure off of him. Again, second unit scoring guys, um, there's not a lot of them in the NBA. I believe Book Knight fits that mold of being able to come off the bench for a team like a Memphis, um, the, the New York Knicks, the Washington Wizards, and, and his ability to score in bunches will be something that, that will help a franchise. Um, my guy, VCU Bones Highland. Look, I, I've been high on Bones Highland for quite some time, the Atlantic 10 player of the year. He's cut from the fabric of, of Jamal Crawford and Emmanuel Quickly and Lou Williams. He kind of fits those guys. And Bones is a kid that has terrific one-on-one -on -one ability. He can score on anybody. He has He's a, a dominant third level scorer, um, but he, he, he can initiate a little bit. And there's an infectious aura about bones highland when you're when you're in the room around him he just kind of elevates everyone that that that's in his presence and and that's something that doesn't show up in the box score bones highland is a first round pick in my book 
there's teams that could really use Bones. I, I look at Brooklyn with the 27th pick, I believe. Bones Highland fits the Brooklyn Nets because Spencer Dinwiddie is leaving out. Karis LeVert is gone. So Bones Highland fits that Brooklyn Nets team um, perfectly um, in his style of play. He just kind of fits with that organization, that direction they're going with, with you know, with Steve Nash and company. Trey Mann is another one of those guys, a lot like Bones Highland in Book Night. He's just a terrific one-on-one scorer. He has fantastic footwork. He's able to just get guys leaning one way, go the other, makes shots. I believe he shot 40% from three. I, I like Trey Mann a lot. It's funny because I, I watched this kid in high school and I always believed that um, what he did in college was just a, a small sample of the talent that he truly has. We have not yet seen the best what Trey Mann has. So the NBA, this is the stage for us to really see what he truly is. And that's a dynamic score. Now, as a kid, I want to talk about the last but not least kid I want to talk about on this combo guard list is Tyson Etienne from Wichita State. So a lot of people are not giving this kid enough credit. This kid was the player of the year in the AAC, which had a team in the Final Four in Houston with Quentin Grimes. Obviously, they shared the player of the year, but here's what I love about Tyson Etienne, and you have to watch his tape. This kid is one of the better perimeter players in the entire draft. Tyson Etienne shot 40% from three. He's a he reminds me so much of of a Terry Rozier. When Terry Rozier was coming out of Louisville, I was extremely high on his ability. But when I watch Tyson's game, he has fantastic ability to get around guys. He's strong. He has great upper body strength. And when we're talking about the Trey Mans and the and the Bolt Knights and the and the Bones Highland. It's, it's it's bothering me that nobody's bringing up Tyson Etienne's name. Like this kid is in the same fabric as those other kids that are supposed to be first round picks. Tyson Etienne is one of those as well. On top of that, this kid was able to win player of the year with a brand new coach. You know, so that tells you the, the character of this kid. He, he, has, he comes from a fantastic background. He's well-spoken. He, he, just, he just carries himself like a professional. If I'm an NBA team, I'm knocking down the doors to try to find a place for Tyson Etienne from Wichita State. This is a kid that you'll remember. He's really good. Look him up. Shot 40% from three. Player of the year in the AAC. And that says a lot because he has a new coach. Tyson Etienne, Wichita State. Now to my last slot on the guard tree, which is the hybrid guard. But there's only two hybrid guards in this year's draft class that fits this slot. Number one, Kobe Ross from Pepperdine, and number two, Oral Roberts, Max Acemas. Now, let's break these two kids' games down and tell you why it's important that they're slotted here. I gotta break this down. This goes a long way. So. When you look at Kobe Ross, this kid is a disruptor. You turn on the tape, he just causes nightmares for the opposing teams. He's Pepperdine's all-time leading scorer. I believe he's tops in assists, steals, and 
rebounds. Like this kid does a little bit of everything. He's a fantastic scorer. He's a great free throw shooter. I, I watched him against USC and the 38 point performance against USC. I he was the best player on the floor because his style was just so unique. Um, he, he does a terrific job of reading ball screens. He's great in transition, drawing fouls, and just using his overall offensive skill set to break down the defense. Uh, and, and this is why it's important that Kobe Ross is slotted in the hybrid guard slot. This is so important. You got to pay attention to this. Because if you put Kobe Ross, and a lot of teams is doing this, and that's why his name is not coming up. Because if you put him in a point guard slot, then he's he drops down positions. He may be six or seven on the point guard slot, but he's number one in the hybrid guard slot. So a lot of teams need to understand that Kobe Ross is number one in the position that he plays in this draft that's why you have to consider looking at this kid even if it's if you draft him undrafted give him a two-way but that's why kobe ross is so important in this draft process because he's number one at a slot this is what steph curry was coming out of college he was the number one hybrid guard but they were slotting him as a point guard so he fell behind guys like Ricky Rubio or, or or Flynn guys that were drafting in front of him because on the draft board you had Steph Curry as a point guard but if you would have had him slotted as a hybrid guard he would have been number one that's why Kobe Ross is so important in this draft number two obviously Max Asmus another kid that we all watched in March Madness and he was the epitome of being a disruptor the, the opposing coaches had no answer for him. They, they, they beat Ohio State, they beat Florida, and they, they took Arkansas to the brink because Oral Roberts had a hybrid guard to the highest degree on the court. Now, with this position, there's different kind of layers to hybrid guard. The Steph Curry hybrid guard is at the upper echelon of the position. But you still can be a hybrid guard, but you don't have to be the Steph Curry hybrid guard. There's different shades to the position. So when I'm talking about Kobe Ross and Max Aismas and kids that fit under the hybrid guard, I'm not saying that they're Steph Curry. I'm saying they come from the same fabric, just so we get that understanding. Now that we're finished with the guard tree, we're going to move over to the wing tree and start with small forwards. There are some, some really highlighted players um, that can fit certain teams. So here's my top 10 small forwards. Jonathan Kaminga, Greg Brown, Jalen Johnson, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trenton Wofford, Kessler Edwards, Raekwon Gray, Zaire Williams, Isaiah Livers, Franz Wagner. Those are my top 10 small forwards in this draft. So I want to break down a few of them. Obviously, Kaminga is a player that can be a top five pick, maybe top three. So from, from three to five, I, I, I can see the Orlando Magic uh, taking Kaminga at five. Um, and if Cleveland wants to try to, you know, get cute with their picks, Kaminga could go there as well. But um, this kid is a 6'9", 
um, uber athletic type of kid that's uh, still a little bit raw offensively, but I still love what he brings uh, to the table. Uh, Jalen Johnson is a kid that, um, you know, he kind of stopped. He stopped co playing college basketball early. He left the, the team earlier in the season and he took a lot of backlash for that. But let's 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 talk about Jalen Johnson really quick. Um, this is a, a very versatile kid, a, a six, nine and some change type of player. And I believe he has the, the, the makeup to be a great defensive player at the NBA level. Um, I, I look at a team like Golden State at seven that make it use um, his, his, his defense uh, and also kind of preparing him to, to carry an offensive load with the second unit. Um, very talented kid. If you look at his tape at Duke, the tape doesn't pop out at you with Jalen Johnson. You're not going to be like, oh, this guy is great and this and that, and he should be the number one pick. His tape doesn't do that. You just have to dig deeper and look at the style of player that he is. And I believe he's still a top 10 pick from what he put out on tape. Um, look for Golden State to be in the sweepstakes for Jalen Johnson if they don't try to trade and make things happen. But I, I think that kid um, has a chance to be a very productive NBA player. Here's a kid I want to talk about, man, um, in this small forward bunch, and that's Kessler Edwards from Pepperdine, man. Like, I really like this kid. Hit, I love his tape. Six, eight and a half, six, nine. Uh, great athlete, plays with a, a quick twitch. He's powerful. He can play with his back to the basket. He can knock down shots from 15, 16 feet. He can knock down a college three. I, I just, he's the ultimate complimentary type of player that you want on your team. And, and I know they don't, Pepperdine didn't get a lot of TV games and all of that, but I, this kid is as productive of any player in this draft. I believe he's a draft pick. When the more you look at this kid play on tape, the more it just it it just pops out at you. Like this is one of those players where you don't overthink it. Kessler Edwards Pepperdine, I really like this kid a lot. Raquan Gray has gotten a lot of uh, you know a lot of praise um, within his camp, so I, I was able to dig into his film and and he he can he can really play the game. Um, always been a winner from high school to college florida state i don't know what it is in the water at florida state what are y'all doing to these kids because y'all sent them to the nba and they and they productive and they they're playing at a high level so there's no way i'm a bet bet against a florida state kid raekwon gray fits that florida state mode the the, the terrence man the, the jonathan isaac i mean patrick williams it just it goes on and on and and Florida State, you guys continue to do a great job of, of preparing your kids for the NBA level. So Raekwon Gray, just on the strength alone that you come from Florida State, I'm going to bet on you, kid. Now, when you saw this top 10 of my small forward, there's a name that's missing that could easily be in this 10. And I feel guilty by not having him in my 10. So I'm about to talk about him right now. Because he could easily be a first-round pick and be productive. And that's JT Thor from Auburn. This kid is a 6'9", wiry, do-it-all type of player. He reminds me a lot of Tayshaun Prince when, when Prince was in 
um, Kentucky. Just what he what he brings to the floor is what these NBA teams look for. They're looking for like those those three and D type of guys, those players that can get to the basket, that can knock down shots, that can defend the opposing team's best player. JT Thor does that at a premium. He's left-handed, just like Tayshawn Prince. Great athlete. I want to apologize, JT. I think I need to put you in this top 10 because you're probably going to be the sleeper outside of, of, of Kessler um, in this small forward area. So again, keep your eyes on JT Thor from Auburn. Talk soon. Now, let's talk about the shooting guard. I'm excited to talk about one player in particular in the shooting guards, but let me give you my top 10 so I can get to talking about this kid because I'm very, very excited about this one. My number one, Jalen Green. Number two, Cam Thomas, LSU. Number three, Keon Johnson, Moses Moody, Terrence Shannon Jr., Corey Kispert, Chris Duarte, David Duke, Josh Christopher, Brandon Boston Jr. Those are my top 10 shooting guards. Obviously, we have to talk about Jalen Green because this is a kid, he might be the most dynamic player in the entire draft. Um, he reminds me so much of Zach Levine, what he brings uh, to the court, his uh, terrific uh, ability to get around guys, being athletic, um, his shot-making ability, his, uh, his, his, his finishing towards the basket he he's a ticket seller and there's rumblings that he could possibly go number one to the Pistons and I understand that I I understand it when I watch Jalen Green there's not a lot of players that just jumps out of the screen when you watch him on tape Jalen Green is one of the kids that when you watch him on tape it just jumps out at you like it screams and I'm just a huge fan of of this kid now there's not a lot of players that I would pay my hard-earned money to go watch play or purchase their jersey. Jalen Green is one of those players that I'm paying to watch him. Don't give me tickets. I'm going to pay for it because he's worth the price of admission. I love Jalen Green. Now, this is I, I got to give a sermon here, okay, for, for this kid because... I don't hear his name enough, and it bothers me that I don't hear his name. Cam Thomas is the best scorer in this draft. Where is your favorite place on the floor to score? Everywhere.
by a mile. Now, when I look at Cam Thomas' game, I see a kid that is an elite scorer. Now, I don't want to be Captain Obvious here, so I'm going to break it down why I believe that Cam Thomas is one of the best scorers that we've seen in quite some time. And I have a NBA comparison for you with Cam Thomas, and I'm ready to reveal it today. Okay. Here's one thing about Cam Thomas. Um, this kid has been a dominant scorer since high school. He led EYBL in scoring. He was fourth in the country in college. He shot 88% from the free throw line. This is why Cam Thomas is going to be a special player. He already has an NBA identity in knowing what he is. A lot of times when rookies go into the NBA, they struggle with identity. Cam Thomas knows exactly what he is and what he's there to do, and that's put the ball in the basket. Now I'm going to go a step further with Cam Thomas. He's only 6'3 and some change. If Cam Thomas was 6'6", we will be arguing about him being the number one pick in this draft. The reason is because he's a player that knows exactly what he is and he brings something to an NBA franchise that they already know he does great. They don't have to develop that skill. They don't have to wait on that skill. If he was 6'6", Cam Thomas will be in talks of being the number one player taken in this draft. That's how confident I am in that kid's ability as far as an offensive player. His style just epitomizes the way the offensive game is in the NBA. Put the ball in his hands, clear out, allow him to use his, his terrific footwork. This kid can score in a phone booth. Doesn't matter the defense. He's the best tough shot maker in this draft. Um, and teams in the NBA seem to struggle with finding great scores outside of their superstars. Cam Thomas fills that role. The draft is about supply and demand and great scores that they're demanded still um, in the draft. And Cam Thomas fits that as well. He's one of 17 freshmen in NCAA history to average 20 points on 55% true shooting. Now, here's the guys that he's with. Trey Young, OJ Mayo, Kay Cunningham, DeAndre Ayton, Steph Curry, Eric Gordon, Jamal Murray, like these are guys that this is this is great company. He he's phenomenal in ball screen action. He was sixth in the country in points per possession. I mean, this kid is everything you want in the offensive player. Does he have flaws? Yes, he does. Is he uh, an elite scorer? Yes, he is. Both can be true. Now. Let's pull the curtain back because I'm about to give you my NBA comparison to Cam Thomas. I need a drum roll. I don't know if we got the, the graphics for the drum roll. Cam Thomas is DeWine Wagner. DeWine Wagner was one of the greatest scorers that we've seen coming out of high school. And then he took his great scoring to Memphis where he averaged 20 points a game in his one year and he became a lottery pick. Cam Thomas is Dewan Wagner. That's the type of scorer he is. And that's my NBA comparison. If Dewan Wagner um, 
uh, didn't have the the health issues that he had, unfortunately, we would have saw one of the greater scores in the in the NBA. And I believe Cam Thomas has that same type of trajectory. Will he get there? We don't know. But does he have the skill level to be one of the best scores in the NBA coming off the bench like a second unit guy? Yes. And if he was 6'6", he could go down as one of the greater scores that we've ever seen. Talk soon. So my last slot of the wing tree is one of my favorite positions, and that's the dual forward. So let me give you my top dual forwards in this year's draft. Kay Cunningham, Jordan Hall, Aaron Henry, and Herb Jones, Alabama. Now, Kay Cunningham, let's talk about this. This is why he's my number one dual forward in the draft. I've heard that he was a point guard and, and, and all of that, but see, that goes back to my theory of people slotting players in slots that they just don't fit. You know, I've heard point guard for Kay Cunningham. I've heard shooting guard and all these. Kay is a dual forward. And I believe that this kid will be the number one pick to the Detroit Pistons. How fitting. Because my comparison for Kay Cunningham coming out of high school, he reminds me so much of Grant Hill. No, he's not as explosive as Grant Hill. He's not the athlete Grant Hill was, but what Kay does have that Grant Hill had is that aura and the way that he plays that dual forward position. Tons of responsibility, but I believe in Detroit is the perfect team to allow Kay to play a la Grant Hill and make guys around him better. Um, he doesn't take up a lot of space in the way he plays the game. He'll be able to still get his 15, 16 points, five rebounds, four assists. And as he gets better and as the Pistons continue to improve, you can build that team around Kay Cunningham. So this is why I believe Kay is the number one pick um, because you can build around his skill set. And with the Pistons and what they're doing, this is just the perfect team for him to really bring back the ghost of Grant Hill. Now, the number two dual forward, um, a lot of people haven't heard about him, but if you turn on the tape, you'll, you'll be really impressed in how he plays the dual forward position. And, and that's Jordan Hall uh, from St. Joseph. Yes, he's transferring to Texas A&M if he withdraws his name from the draft. But right now, he's number two on my board as a dual forward. This kid reminds me a lot of Kyle Anderson uh, from that, that DF position. He's big. Uh, he, has, he has great uh, initiating type of skills. Um, he makes guys around him better. Um, he's a really good shooter. He's a good scorer. He uses his size well. Uh, Jordan Hall has a first round talent um, in my book just because there's not a lot of dual forwards in this draft but Jordan plays a lot like Kay Cunningham they have the same type of style and and I believe if you're compared to a guy like Kay Cunningham who's going to be the number one pick I think there's a place for you um, there are some teams at the end of the first round that can use his services 
even if it's in the second round, Jordan Hall just has the ability of a pro. I believe he's going to be a, a seven, eight, nine, ten year pro. He brings again those complimentary guys that you need in the NBA. This is what he is, Jordan Hall. Look to hear his name. Third on the list as my dual forward is Aaron Henry. I haven't heard his name a lot around circles, but when you look at Aaron Henry, I love this kid's upside. He's 6'6", large hands, wingspan, fantastic athlete. Tom Izzo says he's one of the better, if not the best defender he's ever coached at the, at the college level. I just, I see Aaron Henry really having some first round interest because of what he is. Michigan State kids are prepared well um, to, to go into the NBA and understand their roles. Aaron Henry is one of those type of kids. Again, I, I like him in the sneaking into the first round. You look at a team like Denver, you look at a team like Utah that could, could really use a, a kid like Aaron Henry. Now let's move over to the last slot, my post tree and break it down. Let's start with power forwards. There's a couple of kids that I really like, some international players that fit this slot. I wanna break it down. Um, sorry in advance if I butcher these names, but here's my list. Alperin Sagan, international kid. Usman Garuba, Moses Wright, Georgia Tech, Loudon Love, Wright State, Derek Cover, West Virginia. So I wanna talk about my top two power forwards in this draft. Let's talk about this Alperin Sagan kid. I like him a lot. Watched him on tape, 19 points, nine rebounds. Um, just has a, a terrific skill set. 81% from the free throw line. So he, he has really good touch. Top 16, 17, 18 pick. Uh, just depending on the need of the team. But I like his productivity. Number two is maybe the kid that I, I like more than the other one. Uzman Garuba. This kid is a little bit raw offensively, but he's a great defender. Um, he has a terrific motor. I look for a team like the Atlanta Hawks to look at him at 20. If Cam Thomas is off the board, I, I look at this kid as, as, as really fitting in to a defensive type of piece and developing a better understanding of offense um, as the years progress. But I, I really like Uzman Garuba. Um, continue to keep watching his tape and dive into these international players. Um, but again, Alperin Sagan and Usman Garupa, both of these international kids are gonna fit in well at the NBA level. I love what both of those kids bring. Um, I'm excited to see where they end up and following their progression as we move forward. Now, let's go to the stretch big. Again, my number one prospect in the stretch big is another international player Let's, I'll, let me see if I can get this name right. Roku Pracken. This He's my number one stretch big regardless in the draft. Number two, Trey Murphy out of Virginia. Number three, Isaiah Todd. Number four, Matthew Hurt from Duke. Five, Sam Huser, Virginia again. Number six, Dawson Garcia Marquette. Let's talk about Roku, because I, I really like this kid. Um this this is a this is the epitome of a stretch big. Like he shot 35% from three. He took 
around 160 attempts. So he's proven that he can stretch the floor and make shots. I love his trajectory. And the more I continue to watch his tape, the more I start to like him. And that's why he's my number one rated stretch big. Let's go to number two, because I don't think this kid is getting enough microphone for me. Trey Murphy out of Virginia. Um, he is just a shot maker. This kid is a 50, 40, 90 player. He does a, a fantastic job of finding the weak spots um, on the court against against guys, against zone. Uh, if you play off of him, he's a 40% three-point shooter. And that's not by mistake. Like he is a natural shot taker. Again, like I said, a 50, 40, 90 guy. I look at Trey Murphy as a first round pick as well. Um, when you look at how the NBA plays with, with, with the point guard playing the ball screen, the picking and popping, Trey Murphy uh, is one of those players that, that will make the defense pay if they try to help and cheat on the point guard. But let me, let, me, let me tell you another skill that he has. He's not just a catch and shoot player. Trey Murphy has the ability to put the ball on the floor for two or three dribbles and create opportunities for himself. He's an underrated athlete. Um, I just believe that Virginia kids don't get enough credit when they move up to the pro ranks because they're considered system type of players. But Trey Murphy, I believe he's going to be fantastic. You look at DeAndre Hunter, the impact that he's had with the Atlanta Hawks coming out of Virginia. Like that school is starting to put some guys out there. Malcolm Brogdon out, is out there as well. It's something about the 50, 40, 90 guys coming from Virginia because Trey Murphy did it. Brogdon has done it in the NBA. So it's something in the water in Virginia. Trey Murphy, keep your eyes on him. The next slot we're going to talk about is the hybrid post. I'm going to give you my top 10. At number one, we got Evan Mobley. Number two, Isaiah Jackson from UK. Number three, Scotty Barnes. Number four, Kai Jones. Five, Charles Bassey. Number six, Sandro from Seton Hall. Number seven, Felipe Petruze from Serbia. Number eight, Justin Champagne. I don't know if I said his last name the right way from Pittsburgh. Number nine, Oscar D. Silva from Stanford. Number 10, Pons from Tennessee. So obviously Evan Mobley is, is the, the kid that we've been talking about all year, the hybrid post, uh, the, one of those versatile bigs that can switch out on multiple perimeter threats and provide that being a defensive anchor for a team. So Mobley looks like the kid that was that's going to go number two in the draft to either Houston or Cleveland. It's going to be interesting to see which team drafts him. I told you before, Houston is in a in a sweet spot because they can go um, they can go dominant perimeter player and Suggs, or they can go dominant hybrid post and Mobley. So they have their their their, their choice of, of glitter right there. Um, number two, Isaiah Jackson is a, is a kid that really pricks my curiosity because he wasn't able to show um, his true greatness at UK this year. But here, this is a player that has some fabric of, of, of Dennis Rodman. His NBA comparison is Chris Boucher um, for the Toronto Raptors. Um, but this kid is a, is a fantastic rim runner. He has a crazy catch radius around the basket. 
He's a freak of nature type of athlete. Uh, I, I just believe that he's a lottery pick. Um, you look at teams like the Spurs, the Pacers, the Charlotte Hornets. I look at those three franchises. I, I believe the Spurs has the least athletic uh, unit of, of bigs in the NBA. So bringing Isaiah Jackson in kind of gives you a little bit more spice from that hybrid post position and very quiet kid, but but just very cerebral. Um, he can do a lot of things that he wasn't able to do in college. Like he can put the ball on the floor. He can get his own shot. He just has some 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 high skills that haven't been echoed yet. But I believe at the NBA level, he'll be able to show them. So I'm, I'm very high on Isaiah Jackson. Scotty Barnes, everybody wants to know, you know, what do I feel about him? But I, I really like this kid. I watched him in high school. He just gets my highest grade as a defender. He gets my highest grade as a utility guy. And he's just one of those, one of those players that you want on your team. No, he's not going to go out and get 30 points, but he's going to elevate your 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 surroundings he he rebounds he he defends at a high level like he can defend all five positions he he's a great passer he's an initiator uh, he does everything on the floor he's kind of that swiss army knife so if i'm the orlando magic at five i believe that scotty barnes should be your guy at five orlando has an eighth pick as well if barnes is still there at eight orlando should take scotty barnes because when you look at what Orlando already has there with folks coming back and an addition of RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba. I, I, I like Scotty Barnes as that glue to keep all of those guys that I listed. He's the glue to keep all of them together. He doesn't command a lot of shots, but he's going to create opportunities and he's going to be a player that, that puts it on the line every day and plays the right way. So I just, Again, another Florida State kid that you just don't want to bet against. If I'm the Orlando Magic, Scotty Barnes should be one of your picks. Since there's no point centers in this year's draft class, the last slot we're going to talk about is the center position. There are some intriguing names in my top 10. Let me break it down for you. At number one, we have Luca Garza, Iowa. Number two, Dayron Sharp. Number three, Namias Keita. Number four, Travion Williams. Number five, Kofi Cockburn. Number six, EJ Onu. Number seven, Balsa. Number eight, Moesa Sisi. Number nine, Ariel. Number 10, Abu. I don't wanna butcher their names. I've been practicing overnight, but I still just can't get those names down, so I apologize. But let's break down some of these players at the center position. People have been asking about Luca Garza and where does he fit in the NBA and how how will he fare? He looked great in the combine. He his body looks tremendous. He shedded the weight. He looks nimble. He looks mobile. So I'm pulling for you, big fella. I want to see you productive at the NBA level. Look, when I look at Luca Garza, he he reminds me a lot of of, of of Vucevic. When Vucevic was here in Orlando, a lot of people questioned was he worth the money. Uh, could 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 he really fare against the the athletic bigs in the NBA? And Vooch answered that by making an All Star team. Um, so I, I I think Luca Garza um, has a chance to really uh, establish himself early um, and 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 just learn. I think practice, um, maybe some 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 G League reps, all of that will help him 
understand the speed of the game because the only question I have for Luca Garza is the speed of the game. I don't question his game at all. Like he's dominant. He's fantastic around the basket. He can step out and make jump shots. So I have no questions and qu no qualms about who he is as an offensive player. What I, my question and what a lot of NBA personnel questions is, can he defend athletic guys? And, and, and I believe over time he will be able to do that. And he has transformed his body to be able to say to these teams, yes, I can. Dayron Sharp is going to be maybe a first-round pick. I, I, I really like his kid. He's physical. He can, he can get up. He has a good second jump. Um, you know, centers are just hard to come by now. Like, they have to have some type of athleticism about them to, to even be uh, to be warranted for, for these NBA teams. Um, Travion Williams from Purdue, he's probably going to go back to school. I've heard that from his camp. But he'll probably come back next year from Purdue and be the number one center in the draft. So um, he's still in my top 10. Um, but here's a kid I want to talk about. Um, this EJ kid. And, you know, I, you know, I love talking about the, the smaller school guys. Um, but, you know, looking at this kid, he's, he's extremely decorated. I mean, EJ four and a half blocks um, the season prior last year, 5.5 blocks a game. 40% from three. He won a national championship. The kid had offers from Florida, OSU, Texas, and he stayed at Shawnee State. And this is a kid that a lot of NBA teams don't know about but need to know about. Like, he's a terrific rim runner. I've, I've watched some film on him, and I, I like what I see. So EJ is worth a draft pick. I'm not saying he's a first-round pick or anything like that, but you dig deeper into this EJ kid, you're going to like what he brings to the court. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Great athlete. And Moisa uh, from, from Memphis, uh, I like him as well. He's raw, didn't get a lot of minutes. But again, he has some NBA qualities about him. Another Florida State kid is, is Big Balsa. Uh, from, uh, this kid is 7172. Uh, terrific in the post. Has some agility about him. So this center class is not per se uh, the most exciting of the position slots, but there's value in the center position. Now, before we sign off, I want to talk about a few other kids that I didn't mention that I truly believe could be on NBA rosters come October. The first kid I want to talk about is Anthony Tark from Coppin State. This kid is a six foot seven left-handed maniac with excellent stage presence. He's fantastic in transition. He plays with the high motor and he's exciting to watch. Just turn on the tape when they play Duke. This kid was the best player on the floor. NBA teams should be calling Anthony Tark's phone right now. How about Joe Wisecamp? For Iowa, this kid is a six foot five shooter that tested well at the combine. Um, he had a game where he went six for seven from deep. I, I, there's always room for guys that can make shots at a high clip. He's a specialist and he does it. Joe Wisecamp. Spencer Littleson, six foot four out of Toledo. This kid reminds me a lot of, of Duncan Robinson. He led the nation in three point makes at 47%. 
He has that Joe Harris, again, Duncan Robinson type of player. He's a great defender. Kid does all the right things. He's a great locker room presence. So if I'm an NBA team, I'm at least inviting Spencer Littleson to summer league, bring him in for some workouts because he's one of those players that can sneak on the NBA roster and we'll be talking about his name down the line. One of my favorite kids to watch is Javion Hamlet, the 6'3 guard from North Texas. He's a terrific paint finisher. He's crafty. I just love his toughness. I, I love everything he brings to the table. And, and these are players that you need in camp on your roster. They're going to push guys. They're competitive. So I would definitely look at Javion Hamlet as a player that you want to give an opportunity to. Another prospect that I want to talk about that could make an NBA team is Farron Hunt out of SMU, six foot seven. He's fantastic in transition. He's one of those prototypical wings, great defender, great two-way player. I watched him two years ago and, and he just it just blew me away at his versatility, his ability to rebound the ball at a high rate. Um, he's just a fantastic kid, a hard worker. If I'm an NBA team and I got one of those second round picks and, and, and I'm looking for somebody to come in and really work hard and maybe can carve out a career in the NBA, Farron Hunt is the kid you look for. He's fantastic, he's excellent, and he's one of the better prospects that you haven't heard about in this year's draft. Now, before we get out of here, I'm gonna go over some of the, the first round picks and um, some second round picks as well. Uh, let's just kind of touch them up right now. The Pistons at one, I see them going K Cunningham. Uh, there's rumblings that Jalen Green could go there as well. But I just look at the Pistons of, you know, again, like I said before, you know, K is just more of a, a Grant Hill type of player. Um, and if they go Jalen Green, I wouldn't be mad at it either. But I, I really like. Cade at number one. Number two, Houston can go a few ways. Can they go uh, Suggs, Mobley? Uh, I look at them going Mobley, which leaves the Cavs at three, where I believe they take the most dynamic player in the draft, which is Jalen Green. Um, uh, he's just a fantastic player and in, in, in Cleveland could use a, a, a prospect like him. I believe they're going to end up trading Colin Sexton anyway and allowing uh, Darius Garland and Jalen Green. Now you really get a, a, a fantastic backcourt there. The Raptors at four, if they don't trade the pick, there's been rumblings about trading Siakam. I like Suggs there uh, with Fred Van Bleet. I do believe that Kyle Lowry may find another destination and rightfully so, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, Orlando at five. Um, they can go a few ways. You can go Kaminga here. Uh, you can go Scotty Barnes, um, two players that I, I, I really, really like at six. OKC, I see them taking Keon Johnson. Uh, he's probably the best athlete in the draft. Um, he, he is a, a kid that has a tremendous upside at seven. If Golden State doesn't get into the Ben Simmons sweepstakes, I like Jalen Johnson there from Duke. Um, terrific defender again, Orlando at eight. They should take Scotty Barnes here if he's not off at off the board at five. I just like what Barnes brings to the table as far as you need complimentary guys. That's what he is. Um, nine, Sacramento. This is a, a an intriguing slot for them at nine. 
what are they going to do with Buddy Hill? There's other good teams that that may want Buddy Hill for a playoff push. So I, I think they should maybe go Moses Moody there, get themselves a shooter just in case uh, Buddy Hill was out and you, you get that insurance at, at number 10. The Pelicans, I, I, I look at them taking Davion Mitchell. They could take uh, Bolt Knight there as well because he's a fantastic scoring. And I believe that Zion and Ingram needs another guy um, to, to help them with the scoring load. So Bolt Knight can do that. Davion Mitchell can help in that department. Um, again, the Hornets, we'll see. Can they go Franz Wagner? Um, the Spurs at 12. I like Isaiah Jackson going to the Spurs at 12. And I told you this before, I just don't think the Spurs have the athletic guys at that hybrid post power four position. Isaiah Jackson just gives them some some athletic athletic ability um, in that slot. We can just, just look down the line. Um, Memphis at 17, that's when you start getting into the Cam Thomas sweepstakes because Memphis is a team that needs scoring. I would try to trade for CJ McCollum maybe over at Portland, or if you can't get that trade, Memphis, look at Cam Thomas. Desmond Bain had a terrific season, second team, all rookie. You get a, a Cam Thomas coming in there to just help that second unit, put some points on the board. Cam Thomas is the guy to do that. New York, I've gotten a lot of questions about what are the New York Knicks going to do at 19. I really love Bones Highland at 19, but it's I don't know because they already have Emmanuel quickly there and he's doing a terrific job. So I, I I like Bones there, but they could definitely go with some other guys, man. Um, maybe Springer could go there. Let's talk about my Atlanta Hawks. Um, Atlanta has the 20th pick. For me, this is, again, Atlanta needs some second unit scoring. This is the Cam Thomas sweepstakes. Again, it starts at like 17 for Cam Thomas for me. Atlanta could use him or Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. He's a fantastic catch and shoot. You need guys around Trey that can catch and shoot. He epitomizes that. Or Usman Garuba um, from the international player. I, I think Atlanta could use his toughness. He does a little bit of everything. He's always coming up with the 50-50 balls. And I, I love his upside. So the Hawks got some, some good choices right there. The Lakers. And this is why I didn't talk about this kid earlier, because I wanted to save this 22nd pick. The Lakers could really, they can go a, a, a few ways here. Sharif Cooper, obviously, with the point guard play. But I like Josh Christopher, uh, 22nd here for the Lakers. And Josh doesn't get a lot of, media press but when I look at this kid there's one thing that he has and why I believe he fits with the Lakers is because he has stage presence and that's what I love about Josh Christopher it just seems like he plays with a, a chip on his shoulder he he embraces the big stage the big lights the Lakers isn't for everybody and this kid seems to want that type of attention I think he thrives under those bright lights in the Staples Centers, in the Staples Center. So if I'm the Lakers, I will look at Josh Christopher at 22. Uh, this kid has a, a, a DeMar DeRozan type of skill set. He's athletic. Um, he's explosive. And I just think he has the moxie 
to put on a Laker uniform. So that's going to be an interesting one at 22. Um, Philadelphia, again, at 28. Philly, do whatever you need to do to move up and try to get a point guard. Obviously, Sharif Cooper is the number one point guard on my board, maybe on some other people's boards as well. Try to move up for him. The Clippers at 25. I, I like JT Thor from Auburn going to the Clippers somewhere in there. Um, Utah at 30. I like Aaron Henry for Michigan State. I, I just think he's a sleeper first round pick for the Utah Jazz. He's one of those kids that that does everything the right way, comes from a program of discipline, and I and it and it fits perfectly with that Utah fabric. So I, I like Aaron Henry at the end of the first round. Miles McBride is another name. Again, we talked about him earlier. I could see him going to Houston at 24. Um, New York has another pick at 21. They could go with the international stretch big and, and Rocco. Um, I think he gives them a jump shooting. If you watch the New York Knicks in the playoffs, they struggle with shot making. Uh, so I see them going after a, a kid like that. It's going to be an interesting draft. Uh, Greg Brown could end up with the Phoenix Suns at 29. So this is going to be interesting. So let's get to the second round really quick. And I'm only going to talk about my Detroit Pistons. I'm, I'm, I'm from Detroit, so I got I to gotta talk to my Detroit people here. Detroit's in a great spot. Obviously, they have the number one pick, but they got three second round picks. And, I, and this is how they can nail the second round. The Pistons have a 37th pick, they have a 42nd pick, and they have a 52nd pick. These are the kids that I believe that the Pistons should take at 37, 42, and 52. At 37, I would take Kessler Edwards from Pepperdine. And I talked about him earlier. He's just a, a, a fantastic Swiss Army Knife type of, of player. He's 6'8", 6'9". He, he does a little bit of everything. He can knock down shots. He can post. He can defend. He's very, very productive. So if I'm the Pistons at 37, I look for Kessler Edwards for Pepperdine. At pick 42, the Pistons, go get Jason Preston from Ohio. This is a kid that you can maybe stash away, allow him to get some, some G League reps, and, and later on in the season, bring him back up and he can maybe play in that second unit. But he has tons of upside. He's extremely cerebral and, and he's a he's a world class person off the court. So I just I think that it's a perfect pick for the Pistons to take Jason Preston at 42. Last but not least, the 52nd pick in the draft, the Detroit Pistons have. I believe you should take Anthony Tark from Coppin State. This kid is six foot seven and he is an absolute maniac. He competes, he competes, he competes. He, he, he loves the big stage and he can put the ball in the basket. He can knock down shots. He's a high field goal percentage of shooter within, within the second level. And he just brings that tenacity. So Detroit Pistons, those are, those are the three picks. Those are the three prospects I believe you should go after. And that helps your franchise rounding it out after drafting Kate Cunningham with the number one pick. I really appreciate you all for taking the time of listening to me ramble about these prospects that this is what I do all the time. Basically, this episode is how I am all the time, even when the cameras are not on. I'm always talking about players. I'm always trying to break them down. I'm always trying to forecast where they're going to go. Uh, but again, I'm excited to see where these kids go, um, to see them walk across the stage, to see them receive phone calls and get invites to summer leagues and camps and all of that. And 
wherever they go, wherever their journeys take them, overseas, NBA, G League. But let's continue to, to keep the game authentic. Let's continue to keep the game pure. Again, this is brought to you by Sherlon Champagne, the drink of champions. I'm Rashad Phillips. This is one of one podcast. Till the next time, talk soon.